This is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. Well, I got up early this morning, turned on the radio. The weatherman gave the forecast that he really didn't know. He said we might have a little sunshine, might have a little rain. Might have partly cloudy skies and it might just snow again. Well, I found out a long time ago, there ain't that much for sure. But God's love and faithfulness will forevermore endure. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, if you're on a high, if you're in a low, if you're getting sick, if you're feeling well, if you get up, if you just fell, God's love and faithfulness will always be the same. Some things never change. Here's Larry Powell. Hey, welcome to Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. We're so glad that you've joined us. Uh, I'll tell you, amazing things going on in the world today. Uh, We're all aware of Russia and Ukraine and all the silliness that's taking place. And, you know, I was reading an article just, uh, in fact, this morning uh, that said uh, it was interesting. The Russian soldiers are still trying to figure out why they're in this war. And they said the Ukraine is a beautiful country. Uh, some of them are literally going house to house asking for food because the supply lines were not well set up. Uh, pretty amazing what's taking place. But it's a great time for those of us in America who are warm and comfortable, and even though we're going through inflation and a few other things, that uh, we we pray for what's taking place there because there are a lot of folks displaced. In fact, I think the last number I heard was two and a half million refugees, many of them heading to Poland. So interesting. But Convoy of Hope, you may have heard of Convoy of Hope. They are around the world taking uh, food and supplies and, uh, you know, help uh, to refugees everywhere. And they're doing a really good job. And there are a lot of folks here in Fresno connected to Convoy of Hope, and we're doing some good things to help them out. Well, Powell to the people where civility is always in style. We talk about politics, education, religion, technology, sports, values, and healthy communities. And I get to bring on some good guests that give us a good insight into what's taking place in Fresno and some of the really good things that are happening. You can catch us not only on KXEX 1550 AM, but you also can catch us on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and you can listen on your schedule not on our schedule. Isn't that a unique thing? So we stream to a variety of different places. All you got to do is put Powell to the people and you will find us and you can listen to us. I've got with me today a good friend and a guest who is Alan Doswald. Alan, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Good to be here, Larry. You know what? We've known each other for a, an awful long time and been through some fun adventures together. That's right. <laughs> you know, we, uh, Alan is with ESA uh, and Love, Inc. Uh, it's uh, an amazing group, Evangelicals for Social Action, and Love, Inc. is Love in the Name of Christ is what that stands for. And, uh, Alan, you're kind of, uh, you know, the glue for a lot of churches, and we're going to get into that a little bit uh, and talk about all the things. I think you've only done this for about 37 years. So I started it 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Wow, we're really moving along. But I want to talk a little bit about you before we get into what you do and all the things that you're involved in. Uh, we attend church together, and so we've got a connection there as well. But uh, tell me, where'd you grow up? Where'd, where'd you, uh, where were you born, and you know, what did you uh, do? Where'd you go to high school and all those kind of things? Well, I was born in Modesto. 
Oh, and then Modesto, we, just north of us, about two hours. <laughs> yeah, Fresno is the suburb of Modesto. <laughs> and uh, born there, moved to Sacramento for a year, and then basically since third grade, been in Fresno. Graduated from Bullard High School. Bullard High School nights. Yeah. yeah, and graduated during a very tumultuous time. I graduated in 1968. 1967 was the summer of love in San Francisco, <laughs> and 1969 was Woodstock. So... Uh, I graduated in a very interesting time and became a Christian through Youth for Christ wow. when I was 18 in high school. And you ended up doing, I think, 10 years with Youth for Christ. Yeah, yeah. actually two years part-time, 10 years full-time. Wow, wow, amazing. But, uh, yeah, I was a 66 grad at McLean, and uh, we were still kind of uh, uh, sober you know, and straight. And it's interesting what happened in 67, my brother graduated there were more reds that you could walk on. I mean, the drugs were just, yep. it just hit so quickly. So you're right. 68, 60, 67, 68, 69 just changed high school for a lot of kids. It was a, a tough time. So it was a good time to become a Christian because it was, uh, it was a lot of challenges that were going on during that time. Now, who was uh, YFC director when you were there? Buf was the YFC executive director. That's Buf Carricker from Northwest Church, no yeah. longer with us. Yes, and then Larry Ballinger worked for him, and he was the Bullard High Campus Life Director, and he led me to Christ in Tacoma, Washington, on a Youth for Christ trip. I played trumpet, so they needed some instruments to accompany this yeah. singing group. Wow. And so that's what happened. I love it. Buf was quite a character, uh, one of my favorite people in Fresno over the years. Mine too. Yeah. Uh, Buf invited me uh, to lunch one day. He was getting ready to open a counseling center, and I was teaching at the time, and he said, uh, Larry, uh, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about directing a new counseling center that I'm wanting to start. And uh, this was back in the 70s, so it was a long time ago. And uh we had a little conversation, and uh, we had a few laughs, and about halfway through, he said, Larry, I think you just came for lunch. <laughs> you know, oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> he was very honest. He was very honest. <laughs> and, uh, I, yeah, I had no desire really to leave teaching, but uh, I thought, well, you know, this would be a good conversation. And, and I was uh, student body president at McLean High School in 66, and so we were involved with Youth for Christ and did all of the wild goose chases and a lot of activities that kids love. I was love. in charge. That was one of my projects. All the buses and taking the kids around. Thing. Yeah, that was yeah. a great time. That was really a great time. We were very fortunate in Fresno to have a really strong Youth for Christ program, and, and it it made a huge difference in the lives of a lot of yeah. kids. It was actually the largest in the United States. Wow. Miami was number two. Fresno was number one in number of 33 full-time staff. Amazing. At Fresno YFC in the mid-70s. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So you graduated at Bullard High School. What did you do after that? Well, I went to Fresno State and uh, got a degree in sociology. Okay. And then my wife and I were going to go back east. A guy named Dave Brock, who used to be uh, in Youth for Christ here, was now in Baltimore, and he wanted me to start an inner city uh, program in Baltimore, and uh, black, mainly black students. And uh, we were going to do that. My wife and I, we had just been married, and yeah. that fell through. Oh. So Buf came to me, and he said, I understand you want to work with black kids. And I said, I do. <laughs> he goes, we've got black kids. And then I became the Edison director for 10 years. Best experience I've ever had in ministry, overcoming wow. racial prejudice and building relationships. Yes. It was great. 
Well, and you and I have a really strong connection with a lot of the uh, West Fresno uh, black pastors uh-huh. uh, who are doing some amazing work, just uh, some great things. But the West Ministerial Alliance, uh, we've been there and spoken to a, a number of them over the years, and uh, quite a quite a great group of people and some really some of my best friends. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, you know Paul Binion and Valerie, Valerie, his wife worked in Fresno Unified when I was there. So we've had a lot of connections over the years, and I've had a chance to speak in many of those churches, and uh, it's been a a great experience, a really great experience. Uh, We had one interesting experience when I was student body president. Uh, There was a football game on a Friday night at McLean Stadium, and someone had set up a cross and burned it. It was during those high-tension racial times, Uh and... uh, they had burned that cross at the top of the field. The field was a little bit uh, sunken. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. The, the grounds where all of the activities took place was up above. So on the, the west side, there was a cross that somebody lit on fire. So needless to say, it was during an Edison game with okay. McLean. And um, cooler heads prevailed. Uh, on Monday, I went to Edison High School and uh, to the other to the student body president and an assembly and apologized on behalf of McLean and the students because we had no feeling for that. We didn't like it at all. It was absolutely ridiculous. And so I had the pleasure of going to apologize for the, the student body at McLean High School saying this does not represent us and, and became good friends with a lot of those kids during that time. Huh. So was an interesting experience. Well, years ago, I understand there was a Ku Klux Klan rally at Ratcliffe Stadium. Yeah. Years ago. Crazy, and huh? Then, and then I think in the late 60s at Bullard High, they were starting to put flyers, Ku Klux Klan and yeah. whether well, it was Nazi, I'm not sure, Ku Klux Klan, I guess, flyers. And they were going to have a big rally Ugh. out at Centerville. And everyone was concerned about this. And when it finally took place, there were about 30 people, 25 press and five Klansmen. <laughs> so it was good to see that it's pretty much gone. Yeah, yeah. Fresno did not respond to that no. silliness. You know, uh, yeah, Centerville has an interesting history, too. So, you know, there, there are a few rifles out in that area. <laughs> I'm know? sure there are. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we're very fortunate because we have um, pastors like – what, about 500 evangelical pastors in town? Yeah, about 500, uh, 500 Christian churches in Fresno and Clovis. Yeah, and you have a saying about business and churches and those 500 churches. You, you remember what you told me one time? It's <laughs> the remember. largest. Oh, yes. It's the largest business in town with yeah, 500 the, locations. The largest company in the city. One time I gave a talk at Rotary Club, and these are all business people. Yeah. And uh, I was introduced as the head of evangelicals for social action, love in the name of Christ. So it was out that I was a Christian. Yeah. And most of them, a lot of them weren't interested in listening to a religious person. So when I got up, I said, I'm here representing the largest church, uh, largest business in Fresno. We have 500 branch offices and 100,000 employees. And everyone looked up from their cell phones and listened to my talks. So I love it. It is the largest company in the city. You know what? And and the uh, the impact for good that has happened through churches has been pretty remarkable. Um, you know, our church, which is People's Church, uh, during COVID gave out over a, a million free meals, hot meals, to families. We have on Tuesdays, uh, we have a closed pantry or 
food pantry in a closed closet, and families can just come in uh, on Tuesday and simply walk into the building, get a cart, shop literally a shopping cart on wheels, and get what they need, put it in bags, and take it back to their car. Um, and, and that's happening in a lot of ways in a lot of churches throughout Fresno. That's right. The church rose to the occasion. Yeah. People's is doing even more than that because when the people come to get food and clothing, they have some of their staff in that room yeah. to love the people, yeah. to talk to them, to pray with them, to minister to them because what they really need more than food is the family of God. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're listening to Powell to the People where civility is always in style. And we're going to be right back with Alan Doswald of uh, ESA Love, Inc., right after this break. You're listening to Powell to the People. Write it down. is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. Hey, welcome back to Powell to the people where civility is always in style. And uh, we're with uh, Alan Doswald of ESA Love Inc. today and uh, just enjoying a conversation. Um, Alan, uh, you've uh, you've been involved. We just, in fact, on our last segment, we just talked about, uh, you know, the churches in, in town are 500 business locations in a way. And we have the biggest business in town and a lot of really good things, especially we were well set up for, for COVID and what was going on and the isolation that was taking place because we could still minister. We did streaming, we did uh, food relief. We did a lot of good things. A lot of churches in town did that and it was really neat, but you've always had, uh, since you've been with ESA, you've had a unique situation because you have, uh, did you start uh, the pastors' clusters and some of those things? That did, did that come out of ESA? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, we started in, it was interesting, in 1991, we started citywide prayer for a year. And that yeah. was Christians from any church could come anywhere from 25 to 250. Wow. And we did this monthly, and then pastors started meeting monthly. Pastors started meeting weekly to pray together. That's been going every Tuesday morning, 8 to 9, for 30 years. Since 1991. And stronger wow. than ever. Wow. And then out of that grew, uh, one pastor told us, uh, could you send me the the 93702 or whatever zip code yeah. of all the churches. And then he called them together. And so that was his idea. And then we said, let's do that all over the city. Wow. So we started pastor clusters uh, then too. So if, if you're uh, attending a Christian church, your pastor probably belongs to one of the clusters. How many clusters are there? Probably a dozen. A dozen. Yeah. And, and it's an opportunity for pastors to talk with each other, find out the needs of the community that they serve and, uh, I mean, it, it's remarkable. I don't know any other city in America that has this. Are you aware? I'm I'm in some national networks of, of cities, and okay. some of them have things like this, but not, nothing as close as this. Yeah. No, we have great unity across racial, denominational. Uh, we're working on generational. That, that's probably <laughs> the biggest barrier. But uh, we have great unity in our city among Christian leaders. It really is amazing. And when we look at what happened 
uh, during that first year of COVID and all the riots and things that took place in a lot of big cities. We're the 34th largest city in America, Fresno is, and a lot of people don't realize that. We are we are big, I mean, really big, and yet we didn't have those racial you know, uh, demonstrations that took place in a lot of cities across America. And I give a lot of credit to the, the pastors who helped keep things on an even keel because we do like each other. We get along. We, we look for ways to support one another here in town and find ways to do good things for our folks. You know, what, uh, let me, let me mention I, about that. I've been told that Fresno was the largest city in the United States without violent Black Lives Matter protests. Wow. Now, we had big protests, probably 1,000, 1,500 was one of them. Yep. Sorry, 3,000 was the other. Blackstone Avenue. Yeah, and some of the yep. black pastors met with the leaders of that march, and I think maybe some of them even marched with them. Yeah. But they said it needs to be peaceful. And what's interesting is that 3,000-person Black Lives Matter march marched right in front of the police station. The police were in front. They were hugging and shaking hands with the marchers. Wow. Not even a window was broken on the police station. So that's just just a sign of some of the unity we have. We don't agree yeah. on everything, yeah. but we work it out. Boy, that's absolutely amazing. And when you think about it, Fresno's history long time ago was one of of uh, city council that had some corruption, the uh, mm-hmm. sheriff's office. And we're talking 50s, you know, back in the 50s. And so we kind of grew out of a time when it was really not a good place to be in a lot of ways. But uh, once the churches started working together and getting together, it really did change the dynamic within Fresno. And uh, we ended up in a really positive circumstance. But tell me more about what ESA, that stands for Evangelicals for Social Action, tell me more about what they do. Well, you you have 500 or so churches on one hand, and you have a city with great need, homelessness, gangs uh, are just great needs. And, and our central California area is the poorest region in the United States. Yep. yep. And so we try to bring the two together, look for opportunities. When the refugees came, Hmong refugees in the early 80s, what they needed most of all was to learn how to live in America. A lot of them were in situations that maybe the Native Americans in the 1800s were living in, in villages, right. had never even seen a city, let alone being put on a plane and landing in Los Angeles. It's like a whole different world. And so yeah. we started the Refugee Friendship Program wow. and matched up 250 Christian uh, American families with 250 Hmong families to teach them how to live in America, how to grocery shop, how to, they were given government cheese at the time. They didn't know what to do with it. First of all, most of them were allergic to it. They couldn't digest it, wow. but then they would slice it up and put it in toasters or fry it. And, and they needed to understand how to live in America. So sure. we try to be responsive. We've helped the, the police with the gang issue. We've helped uh, matter of fact, your wife was involved in helping kids to be able to read and yes. that helped us get involved with uh finding readers in schools to just read to kids yeah, so read can... fresno yep yeah yeah that was pretty amazing and you know when you think about it the Hmong are fully integrated into our community now yeah and some of the the greatest families i mean remarkable people dot even wrote a book about you know her experiences That's mentoring right. them uh and and it's pretty amazing when you think about 
a group that came here from dirt floors, uh, huts, um, not, not having a written language, yeah. uh, just all kinds of things. And now they understood another thing, and that is that education was their ticket to success. That's and so right. their families absolutely devoted every inch of, of energy toward that. And, and we now have an amazing group of people who are such a productive part of our society and just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful folks. So, Well, it's, what's interesting is the children back then were going to school and learning things. Yes. And the men were taking ESL, English as a second language, so they could get a job. It was the middle-aged women that were stuck at home and not learning. So that's the ones we started focusing on. So my wife, we adopted some Hmong friends and, and had them over and so forth. Yeah. And uh, she went grocery shopping, and one of the Hmong said, why do Americans eat dogs? And we said, we don't eat dogs. We <laughs> thought you ate dogs. They said, we don't eat dogs. Why would you think we ate dogs? Well, look at dog food, dog bones. <laughs> dog. They thought it was all dogs and and so it's really kind of funny yeah learning from each other you know there is a a lot to learn if i were to be thrown in a different culture you know uh i I would be in trouble you know fortunately uh having learned about a lot of cultures especially as an educator uh that helps but you throw me into the mountain culture in vietnam i don't think i could survive very long you (laughs) know so i would want someone like esa to be there to help and uh, to get us through those difficult times but it was uh, it was pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, another thing that's taking place, I know you're you're involved uh, maybe on the periphery, but you're involved with city center, uh, mm-hmm. and we had uh, you know Don Eskas here not too oh, long yeah. ago, and there's some amazing things happening there. And and you know homelessness is probably the number one issue. If you ask people in California, it's at the very top one, two, three on yeah. the issues. Uh, how do you deal because? We as believers in, in the Lord, uh, as believers in Jesus, we have this desire to help people. That's right. You know, that's part of what our DNA is, is, is we're going to find a, ways, a way to help folks. But when you have the beggar on the street, when you have the homeless person out there, how do you know what to do to help them? Because, you know, our first inclination is they're standing there, they're stopped at the stoplight or the things and they they're knocking on your window, and so we give them a dollar, two dollars, or whatever we do. You've had some recommendations on, and and a system set up to help churches do the right thing and folks to do the right thing. What do you recommend when we have that kind of thing going on? I recommend don't do anything that allows them to live on the streets any longer than they have to. That's yeah. kind of a rule of thumb because people that live on the streets die many, many years before people that take care of themselves. One of the problems we're faced with is not, if I was homeless, I would call one of my relatives and I could stay there. You you too, Larry. But if people have broken relationships because of addictions or mental illness or whatever, they don't don't have that to fall back on. And so they hit the streets. And if you're living in a miserable situation, it would make sense that you would take drugs to try to escape that or drink to try to escape those feelings. Exactly. And those lead to mental illness, and mental illness leads to that. And so I would say the number one problem of the street people would be mental illness. That's what makes it so hard for Christians to go up and help 
because mental illness is a problem that professionals really need to deal with. Yes. I can't go up with a person with cancer and say, I really care about you. Let me help you with your cancer. I don't know how to treat people with cancer. Yeah, exactly. And so I usually recommend that you, you be in a safe place, be kind to them, and then recommend, say something like, I did this recently with the woman in front of our offices that was homeless. I said, how would you like to have a hot meal tonight and a warm place to sleep? Yeah. She wasn't interested Isn't at all. Something? And wow. if someone says, yes, I would, you can call the rescue mission. Now it's called the mission. The mission. And have, they will send a van over to pick them up and take them to the mission. So if you have any questions about what to do, call the mission. They're the, they're the experts. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we have a division at church that literally does that. Uh, if someone comes to people's church seeking help, we will either get them a hotel room for the night or get them to the mission or mm-hmm. do that kind of thing because we do have a heart for people and want to do the right kind of thing. And uh, we're just about through with this segment, folks. But uh, when we come back, I want to talk about something that uh, I learned with Long's Drugstore outside of it one day when somebody asked me for something. And that story I'll bring to you when we come back. You're listening to Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. And my guest today is Alan Doswald of ESA Love, Inc. We'll be right back. You're listening to Powell to the People. Write it down. This is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. Hey, welcome back. We're so glad to have you with us. And I've got Alan Doswald of ESA Love, Inc. with us today. And, uh, you know, you can hear us on uh, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. There's a good way for you to stream it at your convenience. So if you catch us on radio, we're on Saturdays at 4 o'clock, Sundays at 6 o'clock. But, boy, I'll tell you, we talk politics, education, religion, technology, sports, values, and healthy communities. We talk just about anything here, and it's a good chance for you to learn about the good things that are going on in Fresno, so we're glad you've joined us. And, uh, Alan, we've been talking about uh, mental illness and, uh, you know, the homeless. Uh, it, It is, you know, in fact, the governor highlighted it recently in his State of the State speech and talked about homeless. But it's interesting. I think they they don't really understand completely what's going on with the homeless. And and yet City Center, which is the new project that we talked about on this show a few weeks ago, um, is doing some things with that arena. And the Mission is doing a lot of work in that area. Uh, Smuggler's Inn is being turned into a a living space for them and and a way to do some. But I, I told folks before the break I wanted to share a story Long's Drugs, which uh, became CVS, but long, when it was Long's Drugs down on the mall, there were a lot of homeless folks around that particular area. And uh, I, I wanted to share a story. I, I had to go in to pick up something in Long's Drugs because I worked at the uh, you know, County Office of Education and uh, down on uh, Van Ness. And so I ran down to the drugstore to get something and was coming back to the car. And a guy said, uh, had a great story you know, that he needed some milk for his kids and and uh, would I help him by buying him a, a quart of milk or a gallon of milk, whatever it was at the time? And uh, I said, of course, I'd be willing to do that. So I went back in, 
got milk for him, brought it back out, gave it to him, and uh, said, hey, the Lord bless you. I, I, uh, hopefully we can help you, uh, you know, if you need something in the future. And I got in the car and drove off, and as I was driving off, I saw him go back in, turn the milk in, and get cash for what I had just done. I learned the lesson, but you had taught me about that lesson too at one time, that when you give cash, you can pretty well be assured it's not going to go for a good thing. It's going to be used for some purchase of something that's not really good, whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever. But I learned an amazing lesson at that point. And then you have a a division within ESA that if churches uh, are concerned is, 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 am I being scammed or is someone doing something, uh, you know, to just get money out of us? Uh, Do they really need help? You do something at ESA that's pretty remarkable. Share that with us, would you? Well, it's our helpline, Love in the Name of Christ. Yeah. And uh, it was developed. We started ESA in 82. In 86, we started loving because we saw the need to make sure that the need was real before we met it. When you go to surgery, you need to make sure that the right organ, they know which organ they need to remove or They fix. put an X. Yes, before they do it. And the same with this. Yeah. And so people would come into churches and say, I need $100 to fix my car. Do they have a car? Is it broken? Should you give them the money? It was a no-win situation. Yeah. You feel guilty if you help. You feel guilty if you don't. you don't. So we started this, and we tell churches, if someone comes in that you don't know, that's not a member of your church, tell them to call Love, Inc. Love and it. then we will ask the questions, and many times we'll discover more needs than they originally asked for, and then we mobilize churches to help meet those needs in the name of Christ. A few years ago, there was a scam, probably four or five years ago, a scam that went around that uh, uh, built the churches out of $18,000 total. And uh, we found out about it. We were able to let churches know there's a scam going around, watch for this and so forth. And so we need to make sure we're meeting real needs. So Love, Inc., it's still going strong. What's the phone number for Love, Inc.? It's a 559-224-9599. Nine. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it is amazing because uh, when you have a desire to help, and most churches, that's that's why we're there. We're there to help people and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and and to do the right thing to to get them through. And they're really good at stories, you know, the folks that come to church, you know. And uh, I'm there uh, as a pastor for Community Connections. And so when folks come in and they tell me about their kids that aren't eating, the kids that aren't clothed, they, they're sleeping in their car. And, you know, my first inclination is to reach for my wallet, yeah. you know, whether or not it's the church giving the money or me as an individual. Uh, and yet I've learned a lot from you over the years about let's do the right thing to really help them and see what their need really is. And if it's not a real need, but it's a scam, just trying to get cash to do those things they shouldn't be doing, we need to stop that because we're not helping them. But we, we still love scammers. <laughs> yes. And so we will say we won't help you with this, but we will help you with this. Yeah. And we'll connect you with this to get help. And many times they don't want that. There was a, a gal outside fashion fair with a sign a few weeks ago. It says, hungry, can you help? And I was pulling up to the corner, so I t- pulled out a Love, Inc. card. And I reached it through the window. I said, here, call this number. You'll get all the food you need. Wow. And she threw it on the ground. And I said, you're not really hungry, are you? She goes, no. 
Oh man. And then I drove off. Yeah. And I would say I've, I've done that a lot, handed out the love ink card because it does give them access to sure. get the help they need. And I would say nine out of 10 are disgusted that I handed out the card because, because of cash. they want money. Yeah. yeah. And it's so sad. There's a book I just read called no way home. And I think it might be one of the key books on homelessness and it's a difficult situation in, in some cities, a police officer and a social worker are going together to homeless yes. encampments to try to help them uh, with what they need and so forth. But it's a difficult situation. It's almost like the unsolvable problem yeah. that we know with God, all things are possible. Yep. There are solutions. Boy, and it is frustrating because of that desire to help and the guilt that you feel if you don't help. Uh, and they look so much in need. Uh, they're really good at that, the, the the scammer side of that. The ones that I feel most sorry for uh, are the families who lost jobs, legitimately lost jobs, and are now don't have family or, or friends to go to and and uh, are looking for help. And, and you kind of keep a database of things that are going on so that churches can help those that need help and, uh, and avoid the scams. And I love that. Uh, and I love that number, 224-9599. Just call you there at ESA, and uh, you'll get help to the people who need it, but you'll you'll make sure that they're not just ripping off the churches. Yeah, and sometimes we've had people, several years ago, a lady called us. She had lost her job because her car broke down, and her job was in Kalinga, so she needed a car to get there. Yeah. And she had signed up for welfare, and she was in the four- to six-week period waiting for the first welfare check she called us for food and we instead got her car repaired talked with her permission talked to her former boss he hired her back she was on and off welfare never got a check because we found out what the need really was it wasn't food wow it was her car repaired isn't that something uh you know it's pretty amazing when you think about you have so many success stories uh in, in spite of all of the craziness around homelessness uh, so many success stories of folks who have been helped, gotten out of the situation that they're in, and it was a long-term solution uh, as opposed to those short-term give you $5 and hope you know the best for you and, yep. and move on. So uh, it really is amazing. Tell me a little more about you're at uh, 1300 West Shaw. East Shaw. East Shaw, excuse uh-huh. me, East Shaw. Uh, that building has a lot of folks in it that are doing some really good things. Who are some of your uh, roommates, so to speak, or your office mates around there? Well, uh, Total Life Change. Uh, Todd Harris is in there. He, yep. he works with Celebrate Recovery and helping people overcome difficult situations. Uh, Christians in Action is about to move in there. Wow. Johnny and Friends is in there. They're across the way from Citadel, you. which is several ministries working together yeah there are just a lot of christian ministries in this building it's kind of like a hub it is it is in fact luis palau was headquartered there for a short time when he was here for his uh his deal in fresno uh, a couple of years ago that's right and uh in fact uh one of his one of the people we employed to work with him uh in the office i think now works for you well i wanted her to work for me but we weren't ready to hire her yet. So the Lord worked it out. I tell Marva is my assistant, wonderful assistant. I tell her we stored her at Luis Palau for a year. So she worked on that. Then the crusade was over. That was it. And then we, she's been with us 
ever since. So but she just had to move down the hall. She was a volunteer for yes, ESA, yes. and I suggested that they hire her, <laughs> and so they did. So it worked out perfect for us. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. And you also have someone else in your office that has an office, just as I walk in on the left side there, uh, who is going to be on my show tomorrow. FCA. The FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So, uh, folks, 1300 East Shaw really is a hub for a whole lot of really good things that are taking place. And, and uh, how, did, how did it get to be that that became that location like it is? Uh, did the, the openings just were there and the timing was perfect, or what was it? I think it was Phil Friesen of Citadel. Okay. Started bringing Citadel was a program, a ministry to help other ministries and gotcha. help assist and them and them. so forth. Yes. Yeah. And so they came in there and then another ministry would come in there. Behind the scenes is there and that's Mark Peterson yes. that helps incorporate new ministries. He's incorporated lots of them. Yep. And so just slowly they started coming in and it was it. it was very fair rental prices. It was centrally located. It's uh it's a just it's a, a great good location. Place. It, it is. really is. Well, Doug Peterson is Mark Peterson's father. Oh. He was my counselor at McLean High School. No kidding. Yeah, very interesting. Well, we're through we're through our third segment. It's amazing how fast this goes, folks. And uh we're uh, you're listening to Powell to the People where civility is always in style. My guest today is Alan Doswald, ESA Love Inc. and we will be right back. You're listening to Powell to the People. Write it down. Are we on now? No matter what comes, no matter what goes, if you're on a high, if you're in a low, if you're getting sick, if you're feeling well, if you're getting hungry, if you just fell, God's love and faithfulness will always be the same. Some things never change. Never change. This is Powell to the People on the best talk in town. Hey, welcome back to Powell to the People, uh, where I'll tell you, civility is always in style, and we're glad you're here today. And Alan Doswald from ESA, uh, Evangelicals for Social Action and Love, Inc., is the guest, and we're we're just having a good time. We've been talking about a lot of issues, uh, homelessness and mental health and uh, some of the uh, addiction problems uh, uh, things that are going on. And, and Alan, uh, you've been involved in this ministry for 40 years now, and it's pretty amazing when you think about uh, pastors are together in what's called pastor clusters. We've got a lot of good things going on in, in the community. You help churches avoid being scammed by the scammers, and you get resources to the right places. In fact, you have a database, and uh, he does not sell this database, folks, so I just want you to know that, uh, and all the churches. But all, the the pastor, a lot of the people who work there, uh, you've got uh, their uh, email addresses, you've got their phone numbers. So you literally can connect anybody who's in need, any place in the community with a church that's close by and get the help that they need very, very quickly. It's pretty remarkable. Tell me a little more about that. And if, one, if there's a need that comes up, we had an elderly woman that needed $1,500. And that's way over what we usually help with. Yeah. But the next month, her daughter was moving in with her who had an income, and everything was going to be solved. So when we help someone, we look at the next month and say, is there light at the end of the tunnel? Might as well deal with it right now if it's not going to be fixed in a month or so. And so we, we needed to help her. And uh, there are a lot of churches, and yeah. there are a lot of churches that appreciate Love, Inc., 
screening needs and this and that. And so it was very easy to call five churches. And in uh, 15 minutes, we took care of that Wow! and got churches involved. And we always try to ask the person if we can pray with them and ask them if they need to be connected to a church. And if they do, then we try to connect them with the church. That's an amazing service. It really is. I, I know there are a lot of stories about someone needed a, a lawn mode, uh, you know, you name it. There were just all kinds of things that have come out of that whole relationship there. If, if there's a need, you're going to meet it and find a way to do it, and you're going to make sure churches don't get scammed in the process. That's right. It's pretty remarkable. But you've written a book. It's called Pray and Do the Next Thing, Following the Lord to Change Lives and Communities. You know, and uh, you've been involved in community change for many, many years. Uh, Randy White out at uh, Mm -hmm. Fresno Pacific is doing that. But you've been involved in this uh, on an integral level, uh, personal level, for so many years, and so many good things have come out of it. Uh, tell me a little bit about Pray and Do the Next Thing. Uh, that's a, it's a really good title. I love you know what it is. It's not just pray and go sit and soak and hope you hear something good, but pray and do the next thing. Tell us about that. Let me tell you how that title came about. Several years ago, in the year 2000, Christianity Today magazine wrote an article about Fresno. It was called Taking Back Fresno. Wow. And it was on how churches and ministries and all of us are working together. Had a picture of me and Paul Binion and Jonathan Villalobos uh, in the article and all this. And so after that, about eight cities in the United States uh, that had read that article came. It sent a, one or two people to Fresno to find out how we did it. Wow. And so we'd meet and they'd say, we'd like a copy of your business plan. I said, it isn't a business and I don't know what a business plan is. <laughs> And then they said, well, we'd like to copy your strategic plan. I said, we don't have a strategic plan. (laughs) Then they said, well, we'd like to copy your plan. I said, we don't even have a plan. Wow. And then they said, how do you do this? Because the Lord has led us to start over 50 ministries since 1982 in Fresno, ministries and movements. So I, I had never thought of it. I said, that's a good question. How do we do that? I said, well, we pray, and then we do the next thing. I said, in the analogy of the sheep and the shepherd, I don't see the sheep having a five-year plan of where he's going to drink water and eat grass. Yeah, exactly. No, he follows the shepherd. And so we, when we know that God wants us to start a ministry, we plan it very well. Yeah. But we aren't presumptuous that we need a, a five-year plan. So I kind of go by what I learned from Ed Dayton of World Vision is a one-year plan, a three-year rolling scenario, and a five-year horizon. So that's kind of how we do things. So I said, we pray and do the next thing. So when I finished writing the book, I asked Paul Hartunian, our assistant, I said, I don't know what to call it. He said, call it pray and do the next thing. I said, that's a dumb title. (laughs) And then more and more I'm hearing people say that, though. Let's pray, and then when God leads us, let's do what he tells us to do. Yeah, and, you know, in a lot of ways, once you pray, it's not a mystery because it gets revealed to you what you need to be doing. We do have a Lord. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it's pretty amazing. Where can they get this book? Well, they can get it at Majesty. Yep, right here in town. Yeah, or go on Amazon. We also have it on Kindle at Amazon. So, uh, yeah, just look up Pray and Do the Next Thing on Amazon. Yeah, I think they can just put in Alan Doswald, too, and it will pop up. uh, You know, yeah, so uh, I would really encourage you folks— if you've got a heart for ministry and you don't, you know, you don't necessarily have a, a, a pastor title or a minister title or something like that, but uh, you know you want to do something, 
this book I think is pretty instructive for you on uh, you know pray and do the next thing. Uh, you know something will be revealed that uh, you can step up and, and be a volunteer, and you have volunteers at your ministry as well. That's right. We do. We Tell have us. about thirty volunteers, and they answer the calls in Love Inc. and fill out an intake. Very simple. What's your name? What's your address? What's your need? Do you go to church? All this yeah. stuff, and they and we also have uh, receptionists. When you call ESA, a human being will answer. I just want you to know that. That is one of my principles. I don't like to get answering machines when I call a, a place. I'll tell you what, that, that is a, a number one complaint that I have is I call and, and I've got to hit, uh, if you want this, hit five. If you want this, hit, you know, it drives me absolutely. You feel like hitting them. <laughs> it is absolutely crazy, and it just drives us up the wall Uh I'm so impressed with, uh, Alan, with what you're doing with Evangelicals for Social Action, Love Incorporated. And, uh, you know, are there any of our churches that really aren't taking advantage of the services that you offer? Oh, sure, sure. Especially now, after two years, everyone's kind of circled the wagons and survived. Yep. And now we're at a, uh, 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 a time when we need to come out again. And uh, And so churches... The thing about Love, Inc. and ESA, it's self-promoting. When the scams start hitting churches, they start getting interested in Love, Inc. And they'll say, yeah, we were just scammed out of $300. Wow. And, uh, and so they'll tell another pastor, and the other pastor said, you aren't part of Love, Inc.? Oh, you I don't love know it. about Love, Inc.? Yeah. And so we have people out there uh, promoting <laughs> the ministry. So I think it's going to be a matter of coming back on board and getting involved. And then another thing we're doing as we – we started a ministry called Engaging the Church. Yes. And it's where we have about 15 ministries in town that need people to minister to people, not just answer phones or uh, do mailings and so forth. And so we'll be unleashing that within the next month or so. But that's where a Christian can plug in. I had a friend who was retired Bank of America employee. He retired. He said, I want to meet with you. I don't play golf. I don't go fishing. I need something to do. I, I connected him with the rescue mission, and now for two years, he loves it. He wow. teaches a group to get their GED, mentors a couple others. So we have opportunities for people to plug in and change a life in the name of Christ. Well, on your website, in fact, it says under Engaging the Church, if the church is the largest group in the city, why do we have so many problems? The short answer is, we have too many social clubs in our city and not enough rescue stations. I love that, you know, yeah. because ESA provides the rescue station for a lot of our families and, and mm-hmm. individuals that are hurting and out there. Well, uh, we're down to about it. we got about a minute left. Uh, tell me a little more about uh, your book. What, what should somebody be able to do after they've read this book? They should be able to know that God can lead them to make a difference. God can lead them to do something to make a difference and let it go from there. I had no idea we were going to start 50 ministries. Yeah. If I had, I probably wouldn't have started it. <laughs> but but God leads you, and you just follow him. You pray and do the next thing, and uh, God can use you to change lives. Well, you've been listening to uh, Alan Doswald on Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. I want to remind you, Pray and Do the Next Thing is a, a book you need to get a hold of. You can get it on Amazon. You can go to uh, Majesty right here in Fresno at Herndon and Cedar. Uh, Alan, it's been great having you on board. I can't believe uh, an hour is gone, but thank you so much for joining us today. I've got to get you back because you've got a lot of good things going on. 
Thank you so much for being here, folks. Uh, We'll see you next week. Take care.